and welcome to another podcast from Intrepid English. My name is Gemma and I'm an English teacher here at Intrepid English. Today, I'm going to tell you about essential English grammar rules to remember. Only in grammar can you be more than perfect. William Sapphire One of the most difficult things about learning a new language is learning the grammar rules. And while English grammar can seem quite easy compared to some languages, a small mistake can easily change the meaning of what you want to say. First, I should mention I am not including in this podcast the basic rules of A. Using capital letters for beginning of sentences and for proper nouns and proper adjectives. B. Basic positive word order, subject, verb, object, if needed and C, punctuation rules. I am also going to add that there are myths in English language learning. Some we even teach our own children. For example, there is a spelling rule primary children are taught in schools. I before E, except after C, which can be seen in words such as receive, peace, thief and ceiling. Yet, there are many words that do not follow this rule, such as height, weight, seas, weird, neighbour, and more. Or the myth that prepositions can't go at the end of sentences. This is another myth, as with phrasal verbs, we see the preposition at the end of sentences. Who can I depend on? That is something I cannot agree with. Another myth from Victorian times is not being able to split infinitives, yet this is not a rule at all. An infinitive, for example, to go, to win, to sing, is split when a word or a phrase, usually an adverb, appears between to and the verb. Some examples of common split infinitive sentences are John wants to never worry about the future again. I would like to better understand your needs. We ask everyone to kindly turn off their mobile phones. It's okay to sometimes break rules, especially if they don't make sense. If you'd like to find out more about myths in English, you can check out our Friday Ask Us Anything live videos on our YouTube channel. So, let's look at some of the really important rules that you should keep in mind when you speak and write English. 1. Adjectives and adverbs. Make sure you use adjectives and adverbs correctly. Adjectives describe, identify and quantify people or things and usually go in front of a noun. They don't change if the noun is plural. Adverbs, on the other hand, modify verbs, adjectives and other adverbs and usually come after the verb. For example, he's a slow driver. This is an adjective. He drives slowly. This is an adverb. You can find more about the order of adjectives in more detail on our blog. 
Most adverbs are created by adding ly to an adjective, as in the example. But a few adverbs are irregular, such as fast, adjective, fast, adverb, hard, adjective, hard, adverb, good, adjective, well, adverb. For example, your English is good. You speak English well. 2. Pay attention to homophones. Homophonic words are words that are pronounced in the same way as other words but have different meanings, even if they are spelt differently. This can obviously create confusion and unfortunately there are many of these words in English. For example, there, there, there. T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, T-H-E-I-R and T-H-E-R-E. Your and your. Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, Y-O-U-R. It's and it's. I-T apostrophe S, I-T-S. I, I. I and E-Y-E. Here, here. H-E-R-E, H-E-A-R. Break and break. B-R-E-A-K and B-R-A-K-E. Flower and flower. F-L-O-W-E-R, F-L-O-U-R. So, when you're writing, be careful to choose the right spelling. And when you listen, remember that a word you think you understood may have another meaning. Try to understand that meaning from the context. You can find out more about homophonic words on our blog and there is also a video on our YouTube channel explaining the importance of choosing correctly between your, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, and your, Y-O-U-R. 3. Use the correct conjugation of the verb as the subject and verb must agree in number. Remember to change the verb to agree with the subject. The main subjects you need to be careful with are he, she and it because they often have a different form to the others. For example, she has two cats. This is right. She have two cats. This is wrong. This seems like a small mistake to make, but unfortunately it's a very noticeable one. So, if you can avoid it, it'll make a big difference to how accurate you are in English. Remember also that when you describe something using there is or are, the verb must agree with the first item you mention. For example, there is a sofa, some chairs and a table. There are some chairs, a table and a sofa. When two singular subjects are connected by or, use a singular verb. The same is true for either or and neither nor. For example, John or Mary is coming tonight. Either coffee or tea is fine. Neither John nor Mary was late. 
To practice more with subject and verb agreement, you can check out our subject verb agreement course in the Intrepid English Academy. Treat collective nouns, for example, committee, company, family, and team, as singular or plural. In British English, a collective noun is usually treated as plural, needing a plural verb and pronoun. In American English, a collective noun is often treated as singular, needing a singular verb and pronoun. The committee are having sandwiches for lunch. Then they will go to London, typically British English. The BBC have changed their logo, typically British English. My family likes going to the zoo, typically American English, and CNN has changed its logo. That's typically American English too. Four, connect your ideas with conjunctions. If you want to connect two ideas or short phrases, you can do so by using a conjunction. For example, I'm studying English. English is important. Becomes, I'm studying English because it's important. The most common conjunctions are and, addition, because, to give the reason, but, to express contrast, so, to describe a consequence, and or, to describe an alternative. Here are some examples. He likes football. And he plays in a team. We're going out because we're bored. She wants to study more, but she doesn't have time. Kim is coming round, so I'm cleaning my flat. Would you like a tea or coffee? You can check out a video about these rules in English grammar on our YouTube channel. Five, sentence construction. Generally speaking. Sentences in written English are not particularly long. This is good news for English learners because it means you don't need to worry about writing long, complex sentences. A sentence usually has two, or possibly three, clauses: subject plus verb plus object, linked by a conjunction. A good way to make your sentences even clearer is to add commas. Commas help the reader understand where one phrase finishes and another begins. The most common occasions where it's recommended to put a comma are between two clauses. For example, if the weather is nice tomorrow, comma, we're going to the park. To separate items in a list. For example, our kids like swimming, comma, skiing, comma, ice skating, and cycling. After some conjunctions, for example, our holiday was great and the hotel was wonderful. However, comma, the weather was awful. For extra information in the middle of a sentence, a non-defining clause. For example, my neighbor, comma, who's from Brazil, comma, is really good at cooking. Six, remember the word order for questions. In English, the structure of questions is different to the affirmative form, so make sure you remember to change the order of the words or add the auxiliary do. There are four ways to make questions in English. One, to be. 
For questions using the verb to be, invert the subject and verb. For example, are you a student? Two, all other verbs. To make questions for all other verbs, add the auxiliary do. For example, do they work here? Three, modal verbs. To make questions with modal verbs, invert the modal verb and the subject. For example, can he play the piano? Four, auxiliary verbs. For sentences containing any auxiliary verb, like have in the present perfect, invert the auxiliary verb and the subject. For example, have you seen Bob? These rules still apply when you add a question word, like what, how, why, where, when, and which. Where are you from? When can we meet? Why have they left? Seven. Use the right past form of verbs. Speaking about the past in English is not particularly difficult. Every subject uses the same word to express the past, so you don't have to worry about learning six different words as in some languages. However, many verbs are irregular and don't follow the regular form of adding ed. You don't need to know all of these, but try to learn the most common ones. Approximately twenty. For example, go, went, have, had, make, made. For example, we went to the cinema last Saturday. They had a party to celebrate Tom's birthday. I made a cake this morning. To learn more on how to pronounce the regular ed endings. Check out our video on our YouTube channel, How to Pronounce ED Endings. Eight, get familiar with the main English verb tenses. If you're just starting to learn English, you won't know all the tenses yet, and that's fine. Just focus on learning them one at a time. To help you learn the different tenses, why not try our English verb tenses course? You can find it in the Intrepid English Academy. Or you can find videos on our YouTube channel that cover the present tenses, the past tenses, and the future tenses. And finally, nine, never use a double negative. In English, there are often two ways to express a negative concept. For example, if you want to say the room is empty, you can say there is nothing in the room. Or There isn't anything in the room. The words "nothing" and "anything" have the same meaning, but "nothing" is used with an affirmative verb, and "anything" is used with a negative verb. This rule applies to other words like "nobody," "anybody," "none," "any." This is also true of the word "never" when you talk about experience. You can say he's never been to the U.S. or he hasn't ever been to the U.S. The meaning is the same, but in the second sentence, the use of ever means you need to make the verb negative. Be sure to watch our "Ask Us Anything" video about important rules in English grammar, part three, on these final important grammar rules. 
I hope you found this podcast and the accompanying videos useful. Remember, Kate R goes live every Friday on YouTube and LinkedIn. If you have an English language question you want her to answer in her next Friday Live, let her know in the comments. Or email lorraine at intrepidenglish.co.uk. You can also watch the full playlist of past Ask Us Anything Live videos on our YouTube channel. This content was written by intrepid English teacher Kate R and recorded by Gemma. You can find out more about us on our Intrepid English Teacher profile pages. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thank you.